And welcome back to Talking Took, Boston's only podcast about Godzilla, Gamera, and all their kaiju friends. I'm your host, David Scrivani. I'm your co-host, Brian Kershaw. And today we have a very special guest, a guest that wasn't just a mutual friend of ours that was happened to be in the room when we were recording. Uh, my good pal and acclaimed, esteemed director of Ultraman Sorta versus Godzilla starring Matt Frank the movie, Jared Faust, also known as Xenofauna. Hi there. Hello. Jared, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing all right. I just, I just woke up, just had coffee. Well, I <laughs> also too. just had coffee, but Me I didn't. Too. I woke up at nine o'clock, so I woke up literally an hour ago. Well, that's something you guys have in common. Hell See, yeah. bonding. <laughs> Hell yeah! I, I gotta say, Jared, it's kind of weird hearing your voice because I, I don't. Uh, the last time we saw each other in person was at 2013. Jeez, that's been so long. I know. I think your I think your voice was was a lot was considerably less deep. <laughs> yeah, I was in high school at the time. I was a sophomore in high school. Jeez, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, no. don't worry too I much just, about I just, it. I just had the realization last night that I am as old now as Godzilla was when I was born. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a hell of a realization. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it very much at all. Existential crisis incoming. Live on the show. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> before we get to talking about Ultraman, sorta, uh, we're gonna have to go into some news. Hey, Brian, do you have any news for me this time? Absolutely not. Well, let's let's go to our guest, Jared. Do you have any kaiju news for me? It's okay uh, if you don't. I didn't. I didn't prepare you. <laughs> I. You know. I. I don't. Uh, I mean, there's. There's. They just announced a bunch of Ultraman releases. Oh, I don't worry. I. Ha- I have that on my list. Oh, good. So we'll, we'll, we will talk about that, don't you worry. Uh, but first up uh, on our news docket, SRS Cinema, the company who have brought us such indie toku films as Shinpei Hayashi's Raga Trilogy, Daisuke Sato's Howl from Beyond the Fog, and Attack of the Giant Teacher, among many others, uh, they just announced that they are going to have the North American distribution rights for both The Great Buddha Arrival and Nezera 1964. Uh, the Great Buddha Arrival is a remake of a lost 1934 film that may or may not have been the first kaiju film and features quite literally an all-star cast, including Akira Kubo, Ahira Takarada, Yukijiro Hotaru, Bin Furia, Shiro Sano, and many others. Brian, do you recognize any of those names? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm really bad at name recognition, though. So, you, yeah. Yeah, Jared, just so you know, like, feel free to give Brian all the shit. Oh, okay. I, I don't, I don't know Brian, so I figured I would be nice. But now that you've given me permission, no, I'd be mean to Dave. Dave is a bully. Uh, I'm, I'm plenty mean to Dave. Yeah, no, don't worry. Good. Jared, Jared's mean to me all the time. Um, Dave isn't as much of a gamer as I am, so he deserves to be bullied. I don't see how that has anything to do with it. But um, Nezera 1964, which also stars Yukijiro Hotaru, is not, in fact, a remake of the canceled Daiei film that eventually led to the creation of Gamera, which is what I thought initially, but apparently it's a drama about that film. Uh, No word has been given to a release date just yet. Regardless, I'm very excited for both those movies. I was concerned as to whether we were actually going to get those in the States, but it's good to know that we will. I think, I want to see you and, what was that? I was going to say big shout out to Ron Bonk and SRS. Absolutely. They, like they're really 
if 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 SRS if SRS were to were to like tank or something, we would be missing out on so much. Absolutely, I have I, I still have um, Monster Seafood Wars and War of the God Monsters that I I haven't touched them. I know you watched War of the God Monsters, and that was an interesting experience for you. War of the God Monsters is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is an experience uh, that that I can't really sum up. <laughs> Well, Brian and I will have to have a viewing party at some point then. I'm down. Yeah. I mean, Monster Seafood Wars is like really, really charming. Like once once you kind of get Minoru Kawasaki's wavelength, like yeah, it's it's really charming. Sounds <laughs> good. I don't think I've seen any of his other movies. Um, did he do Kaiju Mono? He did do Kaiju Mono. Yeah, I. He also... <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, I I um. Uh, our good pal Jacob Lingle, he told me that there was a Blu-ray and it was like five bucks on Right Stuff Anime. So I'm like, all right, I'll I'll buy that for five bucks. Why not? So I think that's yeah, coming I got in it soon. Like seven bucks on Amazon, and you know it's it's not the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> but again, like once you, once you you kind of have to understand Kawasaki's wavelength. And I think the first couple times I saw his movies, I wasn't there yet. Mm. And then after Kaiju Mono, it's like, no, I think I get it. And then I watched Monster Seafood Wars, like, yeah, no, I get it now. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a Kawasaki fan now. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to seeing some of the other movies. All right. Next up on the news, um, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, Thrice Upon a Time, which is one hell of a mouthful of a title. Uh it's also the final film in the Rebuild of Evangelion series has finally been given an international release date of August 13th via Amazon Prime. Uh, the film was released earlier this year in Japan after being stuck in development now for years for a variety of reasons, uh, most notably uh, director, director Hideaki Anno taking a break to direct Shin Godzilla and, of course, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, what is that? I know. Who would have thought that COVID would, you know, delay film production? Wow. Wow. Um, so I'm glad that we're getting that released in the States. Uh, rest so, assured, we'll probably be doing an episode about it once Brian actually watches the rest of the movies. Yeah, I was going to say when uh, it was like it was like around the 4th of July because I was in I was in New York at the time. Yeah. And uh, Dave was just like, text me. All right, you got to watch all of Evangelion. Now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> Lied to the list. <laughs> any, any thoughts on Evangelion, Jared? Um, nothing, nothing terribly specific. I, I, it's been so long since I've seen any of the rebuild movies. I'm looking forward to the, uh, the G kids Blu-ray at some point. Oh yeah. Whenever that ends up coming out. Yeah. I mean, I feel feel like that was Um, announced like a year ago. Uh, only October actually. Oh Um, God. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm. I, I will go back and rewatch the rebuilds and stuff. But I've been on a major, like, old school, like, shot on film animation. Understandable. Lately, so I'm really looking forward to the the Blu-rays of the of the classic show. Yeah, I I, I watched. Also, now that I'm now that I am older and and more more aware of my own depression, I'm curious to go back and and watch Evangelion with with fresher. Uh, more jaded eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm sure uh, that'll be an interesting experience. I haven't. Wa- I didn't watch. I had the last time I watched. The only time that I watched the original show was like back, like early in college, mm-hmm. um, when I was definitely in a position to be like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Whereas now it's just like, you know, I bet I'll get it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first rebuild movie is just a remake of the first couple episodes, but once two comes in, it's like diverges completely. Oh, yeah. The rebuilds, I remember. I remember loving back when I saw. Yeah, I need to definitely rewatch the third one because I think I dozed off during it. So uh, it'll technically be my first viewing once I rewatch it before the new one comes out. (laughs) Um, Next up, we have not a whole lot of details on this one, but uh, Shochiku and Toei have announced Kaiju Cleanup a new film about what happens after the attacking kaiju is defeated and what happens to its remains, which is a topic they kind of went into on the first Pacific Rim, but not, not, they didn't, it wasn't, the whole movie wasn't about it. Now, this is a wacky idea that I like. Oh, okay. It's garbage day. Shut up. <laughs> there's, yeah, there, there's a couple different things that have kind of, that have kind of gone into it. Because um, there's Day of the Kaiju, which was I don't remember his name, but it was um, Higuchi's understudy. The, he was the assistant director on Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. He did a short film called Day of the Kaiju that was very similar in concept. Uh, also has a lot of similarities to Shin Godzilla, which I think he also worked on. Um, and then there's a really great episode of Ultraman Tiga where a dead kaiju washes up on the beach and guts is having to like figure out what to do with it and then it wakes up and it's a zombie kaiju and it's really disgusting (laughs) well that leads in pretty well to our next news topic because mill creek they just they just just can't stop with the ultraman releases man they really can't uh to celebrate ultraman day on july 10th they announced uh three new releases being ultraman tiga dinah and gaia all of which will be out this year uh tiga will be out on october 5th uh, and it will include, include Ultraman Tiga Side Story, Revival of an Ancient Giant. Dino will be out November 2nd. And finally, Gaia will be out December 4th, all of which will be on DVD, not Blu-ray. Still some weird stuff with the Blu-ray transfers there. I'm not entirely... I, I, I don't know what the details are. As unlike it's the... complicated. Yeah. Yeah, because there, there is there is there are Blu-rays in Japan, but they're upscales because mm. the shows were mastered in standard definition. They were not. They were filmed on film. Um, they did. They did shoot them all on thirty-five millimeter, I believe. Um, but it's like a, a Star Trek: The Next Generation, um, Star Trek: The Next Generation thing, where in order to have a proper HD restoration, they would have to rebuild the show from the ground up. Because um, it was all it was all mastered in SD because of like all the video compositing that they did and like the early CG and stuff. Right. Well, I'm sure it'll look fine. I mean, friend of mine, these yeah. uh, easy, apparently he's seen some of the upscales and they look fine. So I'm not worried about yeah. it personally. Um, I'll yeah, be happy. Either, and, and I, I, I just watched Gaia last year in standard definition and you know, the, you can't really get past the video compositing, even if it were HD upscale. Right. So, like, the quality of the show is still there. It's a, it's amazing. So it's not a big deal. Yeah. And if anything, I'll just be happy to have more Ultraman to watch. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that about does it for the news. So I think we're going into our main topic of discussion, uh, which is which is you, Jared. 
you just released a, a short film that has been in the works for the past 10 years now, probably more. 10 years. No, no. Uh, actually, it's slightly less than 10 years. Sli- the okay. The scene of the film. Well, I mean, if, if you want to talk about it first. Um, so it's Ultraman sort of versus Godzilla starring Matt Frank, the movie. Um, and yeah, it, it was, it was an idea that came into being because Ultraman sort of was a character that I had invented in high school and I'd done a couple films with at that point. And at that point I was working on, um, two or three other projects involving the character that those are lost forever. We'll never see the light of day. Oh, well. Um, but I did, uh, amongst all the footage that I lost, I did recover Ultraman sort of versus Godzilla when I was doing some data mining on some hard drives last year. And I'm like, Oh my God. And, and, and I was looking at the footage and I'm like, this is actually still like pretty viable. I think I can assemble this into something. Um, but yeah, the original idea was, um, we have a big convention here in Atlanta called dragon con. Um, very very famous sci-fi fantasy convention and uh matt frank he's a good friend of mine he was coming for his first dragon con and coincidentally billy dubose of godzilla battle royale was also coming to dragon con he was bringing his godzilla suit and so with all these things going to be in atlanta at the same time it's like we should shoot we should shoot a movie let's let's do this um and so the very first scene of the film was shot in August of 2011, so it'll be 10 years next month. Wow. So this is kind of like a like an anniversary celebration, finally releasing after all this time. Yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> but then, like, it, yeah, it, it was a really weird production because, like, we got the first scene shot, and then just because of how how like seat of the pants the whole everything came together we weren't able to shoot anything but the first scene that year um because like people just didn't have time and then it rained all weekend so even even if billy had come over to my place to like you know shoot the stuff it just it wouldn't have happened um and then the next year we're like okay well let's let's try again next year because we have this one scene and this is a fun idea, and everyone's going to be back, you know. Um, and so August, September 2012, DragonCon 2012, uh, we all get together, and we shoot um, uh, We shoot Matt's big spoiler scene for the end of the film. Um, and we shoot, we shot a whole a whole bunch of like Ultraman sort of versus Godzilla footage um, that isn't in the film. Um, Like a lot of like Godzilla's rampage from the film was shot that day. Um, But then there's a whole bunch of sort of versus Godzilla. footage. We were were running out of, we were running out of daylight and we're just running out of time. And so there was a bunch of like, okay, we just got to get them fighting. And it was really bad. I, there's some there's some interesting shot compositions, but it's just all like there's no choreography. It just it doesn't work. Mm. And I, I got that back into the edit. <clears throat> and we also shot the other dialogue scene at that point. But I got all that footage back into the edit, and I was just really unhappy with it. Um, and so we wound up hatching the plan to do another shoot, where we actually brought 
Billy down for a few days. And so this was like May of 2013. Um, he like rented a U-Haul and brought his Godzilla suit down. And we just did a whole weekend of just shooting this revised battle scene with all these like upgraded special effects. Um, we actually, that's, we actually, you know, did, um, some destructing, like destructible building effects in there. Um, and just like really tried to go like a lot more primo with it and a lot more well thought out than the original shoot was for the special effects. And, um, yeah, I mean, it wound up turning out a lot better. I mean, the, the film itself, I keep I keep saying, like, it in the end, especially, you know, 10 years on, I, I'm a lot better as an editor now than when I originally, uh, than when I was originally assembling this, because the, the original cuts of this were just kind of, like, plotting and not there yet. Um, but I'm a much better editor now, and I was able to, like, cut a bunch of stuff out and streamline it into a, a much like snappier production and i think i think it, it turned out better than it has really any right to be yeah no i was i was about to say the exact same thing like because you you had sent me a bunch of rough cuts like way early on when this was still like you know in the post-production stages way back when but yeah and now it now it's like it's it's insane how well this turned out for a film that's 10 years old like and i, I yeah well because well when i found the footage i like and i was thinking about finishing it i wasn't sure how to release it because like we did this under uh, my old production umbrella group was called lobster dance and lobster dance has since passed on um and so I didn't necessarily want an old project associated with Xenofauna, like, because that's my new thing now, you know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily want to dredge up the past. Um, but then when it started turning out so good, like, it just, I finished, I finished, I, I got it to picture lock and sent it off for the, the sound design um, to uh, Christopher Marty, Cosmic Monster Sounds, who did an amazing job. Um, but, like, at that point, it was like, you know what? No, I'm going to put the Xenofauna logo on this because this just looks too good. Like, I'm going to claim this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, at I... one point... Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I mean, I feel like any of the old Lobster Dance crew, like, they weren't... They had no plans to do anything with it. They probably, you're the one who had the footage anyways, so... Oh, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, no, like, the, it, it's not... It, it wasn't a question of, like, anyone else from Lobster Dance doing anything with it, but it was just, you know... When when I first got the footage before I edited it together, I was just thinking of those old rough cuts. I'm like, it's probably going to be kind of dumb. And what I'll probably do is I'll edit it together and finish it, but I'll just like take it to like cons, you know, like mm -hmm. I'll show it at G Fest. But ultimately, it just it turned out so well. I'm like, no, I want to show this off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, I, th I think I think it turned out for the best because I, I haven't really seen a whole lot of people's reactions but i mean I, I i i sent you that video last night of me and my friends in fitchburg watching it. they they loved it like oh well, i gotta find the, the uh the quote from my friend connor connor murphy who uh does who helped do our uh, intro and outro music for this podcast oh yeah yeah he <laughs> he said i say this with full knowledge that i've only seen like two godzilla movies this is my favorite godzilla movie uh <laughs> 
Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I've, I've had a uh, I've had a bunch of people in like YouTube comments and stuff say that like this is their favorite Godzilla fan film. Which <laughs> is, oh, that's great. That's that's really. Yeah, I, I'm glad. Is, oh, good. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and well, I, I'm really happy to hear that because like the whole thing, the whole like design of the film was just taking the piss out of out of fan films, you know. <laughs> um, Cause they're just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to make a Godzilla versus my dumb Ultraman character. And, and, and yeah, it's like, and having Matt in it, you know, was just, you, it was, it was all kind of very cynical. Cause like knowing that Matt was going to be in it was just like, Oh yeah, no, like that'll get views on its own. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's that's why he's um, in the title. That's why he's in the title. Yeah. It's like, and you know, that, and we wanted it to have a, one of those really long titles, you know, um, and yeah, it, it was just, and then, and then, of, and then of course, you know, the, the ending was the only way it could have ended. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I, I've always loved that ending, even like way back when, when I've, I've seen the rough cuts that the cease and desist always made me laugh. Not a lot of stuff makes yeah. me laugh like out loud, like on my own. <laughs> like usually I laugh loud at stuff with people, but like on my own, I usually just a little bit of air comes out of my nose. I was like laughing at yeah. that. Like at two in the morning in my room, I was laughing. <laughs> and the best oh, part is, it's not God. even dated still. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no. I mean, there's there's parts of the the film that I wound up cutting out because they dated really badly. Mm. Um, you know, uh, but like that one, that one still, that one still holds up. <laughs> oh, Toho, and then I, it'll still probably hold up for many years to come. Yep. Oh, I'm sure. Man, we're uh, we're just making sure Toho never has anything to do with us ever, are see, we, Brian? See that you know, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and remember way back when we first started this podcast, uh, I had I, the one time I had news, which was when Bungie put out uh, the uh, like the competition for mm, if they want the Destiny skins, right. if they want like the dinosaur skins or the classic monster skins, and Godzilla was one of them, and I was just like, has Toho seen this? I wonder if they'll get mad. <laughs> well, it, there's 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 a fine line between between it, but I'm I'm sure it had they would it didn't matter because that didn't end up winning the it competition. Did, so, but, but I was curious, what if it did? Uh, would they have to license it? <laughs> we'll never know. But, um, I, I assume I assume Toho probably would have come down on them <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> eh, we don't care what video games you've made you're not allowed to use it Bungie's a big company they're owned by microsoft i'm sure they would have worked something out not anymore they're independent all right oh well i don't mm -hmm. care but um <laughs> <laughs> they'll get sued into the ground no no more destiny for you brian Sorry. oh no i'm so sad <laughs> <laughs> So I know there was some stuff you want, you were talking to me about last night that there was just a couple shoots for the movie that just never happened. Like, and there was an um, alternate yeah, well, that, ending. That, that, that's one of the reasons it was already in limbo before the footage went missing. Um, is the original version of it was uh, there were more scenes that we were going to shoot. Like there were there were more shoots that we kept trying to schedule, and we kept like like they were other effects that we we were actively building for it and that we um actively finished for it and it just never got around to doing it um because the the original like so like there's a whole news sequence in the film and originally the scene of of godzilla coming and attacking the building from like that pov shot 
was actually going to start with someone on the ground. Um, and so there's a really fun technique where you can like do a whip pan up from just regular footage of people into a special effects shot. It all looks like one seamless shot. Um, and so that was, that was kind of the intention there. Um, so we never shot any news reporters, so I just wound up going without it. And we got Mike, we got Mike Dent to do a really great, like, news report voiceover for that scene to kind of tie it all together. Um, and then what else? Uh, oh, yeah. So originally, uh, after Ultraman sorta defeats Godzilla, there was going to be a through line from like the scene where it's like, Oh, I don't think anyone even watches our movies. So when sort of defeats Godzilla, the, the interaction that he has with Matt, uh, Matt's, you know, Oh, it's, this is the best day ever. That was originally supposed to happen after sort of transformed and the sort of giving the thumbs up and turning around, like looking down and like talking to someone was originally a fan being like, I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> I love your movies, uh, and that that never got shot. Uh, but that was the original intention. There, there was there was there's actually a, a couple a couple more seconds of sort of interactions that were cut out of the film because they just didn't fit anymore. But it, it worked out really well being able to put Matt back into that scene, um, just kind of shuffling the footage around. Uh, and then when sort of goes down after he's attacked by Godzilla again. Um, rather than just coming to bear down on Sorta, Godzilla was going to keep going past him, and there was going to be an orphanage. <laughs> and, like, there were going to be people on the street like, oh, no, not the orphanage! Um, and that's when Matt shows up to save the day. And then, of course, there was another scene where Matt has even more fans than Sorta, who are just, like, fans, fans, really <laughs> over Matt. Um, you're just just like a crowd of people who are just like really excited that Matt is now the giant hero. Um, so that was all the stuff that never got shot. Uh, and like we actually there was there was an orphanage that we built that was assembled out of some miniatures from a music video that I had done. And so we we like we like uh, it was two like colonial style houses because it was a pirate music video so it was like caribbean colonial style and we just jammed them together and gave them a new paint job and made this like really run down looking orphanage um and really i was really happy with that like kit bash of a miniature and we never shot it <laughs> um and, and then uh oh god what's the word i'm looking for um there was an alternate ending we shot at Dragon Con, and it was me and Matt sitting at Matt's art table in the artist alley. Um, and we wound up throwing it away because the audio was crap and the lighting was crap, and it just looked bad. But it was basically, it turned out the whole thing, at the, the whole thing turned out to be Matt's fantasy. <laughs> um, and... And and it was me like Matt. That's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> um, so that actually exists. There's footage of that, but it's really it's really bad. So I'm just like you know what? No, this, this it ends with Matt <laughs> uh, growing giant. That's it. That's that's the end of it. Well, if if, if SRS Cinema ever does a release for Sword of versus Godzilla, maybe we'll see that in the deleted <laughs> scenes. Lots of extra uh, features. Probably not. <laughs> 
but yeah, no. So that that was that was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there any, anything else we're talking about? Uh, I mean, honestly, the most worthwhile stuff to see is the the deleted sort of versus Godzilla footage because, like, again, like I said, it was crap. It didn't deserve to be in the movie, but I am pretty happy with some of the actual miniature setups from that. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, but yeah, I mean, the the whole the whole thing was all miniature based, um, which was really exciting to work with and that's been getting a really great response from people to like you know that we did everything with miniatures classic style um so i've been really happy that people have been responding to that aspect of it well that's good i mean i I feel like that's kind of your whole um i guess mantra at xenophon and like you're you know you're you're picking up the torch for you know classic style tokusatsu Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very much a fan of like getting my hands dirty and like for for me, I'm really interested in doing as much as I can in pre production, so that once I shoot the footage, it's done and I just have to edit it together. I don't have to spend a ton of time in front of the computer like adding the effects. Um, and I just I I'm I'm the kind of person I really like that like the tactile feel. I really like building things with my hands. Um, and like making creatures and buildings and stuff, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and, you know, and to me too, I'm also not really interested in realism. Like I'm really obsessed with like Showa era tokusatsu where it's, um, the hand, the handmade quality of it is a lot more important to me than anything like quote unquote realism, you know? <clears throat> so if, if, if things look a little off, you know, a little surreal, you know, I think to me, that's a positive. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it did, you know, I, like, I feel like it has like a lot more, um, charm and heart to it. Yeah. Than charm than is it, what I was going to say. Like, you know, quote unquote, real looking. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think people respond to it a lot more than like, you know, some people might think like I, you know, I just did this little, a couple test shots for like an Island effect, um, like a classic, you know, Island on the horizon, like you would see in an old Toho movie. And because I'm using a water tank, I'm using like, I'm using one of those like two foot wide aquariums that you find at thrift shops all the time because, you know, people get fish and then get rid of fish. Um, <laughs> And, you know, so it's, like, way too small to get, like, really realistic water ripples. Um, and But, like, even just the clip I did, which used a little paper cutout, I haven't actually... I built a, 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 an actual miniature of an island, but I haven't reshot the scene yet. But even just, like, the, with the little paper cutout and the gray sky, you know, people have really been responding to that, you know. Like, it's, it's got a feel to it, you know, um, that I think, you know, you you only really get with, with that really handmade approach. Yeah. And I, I was like, I was blown away by that Island. Like that was so, so cool to see. Cause I, I, I had no idea how, how they did that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really satisfying too. I mean, I wound up, I, I have, I have like half a dozen, uh, half a dozen projects that I should be working on. And I wound <laughs> up doing that Island because I've been, I've been thinking about, you know, how to pull that off. And if I could personally pull that off, um, for a couple of years now, and just one day, I'm just like, you know what? I need to test it out. I need to know, 
you know, I need to know if I can do it and then I can get back to work on my other stuff, <laughs> you know, knowing whether or not it's possible. Um, and I, yeah, I was really happy with it. And, and now that's just, you know, it's, it's in your repertoire to use for any number of future projects. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely planning on using it very soon. Right. So, um, uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta finish. I'm currently working on uh, an, an original kaiju short called Big Mood. I was just about to ask about uh, that. Wait, what is it called? Yeah, Big Mood. Okay, <laughs> that's a big mood. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, it's. You know, I, I keep trying to temper everyone's expectations because it's, it's. I don't want people to think like it's another Howl from Beyond the Fog. Like it's not going to be like a half hour long like really story driven thing it's going to be about two to four minutes long and it's i'm I'm, my background is in art i studied art in college and i wound up doing film instead um so my approach to film is is very uh expressionistic a lot of the times and big mood is kind of um my current like apex of that like it's very much it's it's less about like a really story driven thing and it's more about how i'm feeling at the moment uh tying back into evangelion no um it's it it's very much kind of an expression of kind of how i've been feeling for the past year um using kaiju movies as as a medium <laughs> oh so it's like inside with kaiju I haven't seen that yet, but uh, I guess yeah. <laughs> All right. From what, I, from what I've heard, I would not be surprised. Yeah, um, I've, I've heard a little snippets of it. So I mean, yeah, kind of. You know, um, I mean, without without going too much into it, it's like yeah, like everything about the film kind of represents aspects of what I'm feeling. Mm. You know, from the monster to the character wandering through the the streets at night. The whole thing is it's a character um she's she's wandering around downtown atlanta in the middle of the night um with a little device and she's she's searching for something um and you know uh the something eventually winds up being this monster um and it's a, a really it's it's kind of it's kind of an amalgamation of like a, like a Biollante, Shin Godzilla, Hedora, um, the the space slug from uh, from Empire Strikes Back. It's kind of pulling a bunch of those ideas together. It's this big, gross. It's it. I think it's going to wind up being kind of slimy in the final version. Um, actually, the the puppet for the monster that I've been building. Um, you can't really see it in any of the pictures. I've been posting a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff to Instagram, so if anyone wants to go look at that, follow me. It's Xenofauna on Instagram. Um, but uh, you can't really see it in the behind-the-scenes photos, but in the puppet's mouth, I've actually built in these two little uh, tubes um, so that like, when it roars, I can like pump in like black bile that's like, spilling out of its mouth. You know, it's just it's. I, I wanted to be really upsetting, but also kind of, kind of goofy and preposterous at the same time. Like it has these weird, like these weird, like dealy bopper eyes on the sides of its head. You know, um, yeah. 
it's it's a fun design. I'm really I'm really happy with it. I've been really happy with how the puppet's been turning out. I need to, I need to get get back to work and finish it soon. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really happy with it so far. And you correct me if I'm wrong. You, you've shot all like the non FX stuff, right? Yeah, um, back it was literally the day before daylight savings time. Uh, <laughs> it was like, you know, we should probably shoot this like this weekend <laughs> before before the daylight catches up to us. You mm-hmm. know, um, yeah. So we went out and we shot all that, and I've already done a rough cut of all of that, um, and it, it looks good. Um, got some friends out there to help me, and this was before the vaccine, so it it was really difficult to line up. Um, cause originally I had another friend cast in the role and I wound up having to, um, use someone else cause my other friend was, she was having to work too much and I have, I have a heart condition. So I was really concerned about, um, I was really concerned about exposure. And so just like the schedules weren't lining up as far as like being able to like isolate and test, you know? Um, and so I wound up a, a, a friend of mine who was working from home. And so it was a lot, a lot easier for her to isolate while I'm up stepping in. Um, and then even then, you know, there was like some issues with like, a, there was like a false positive at one point, you know, and like some other like, oh God, you know. Um, so it wound up from the original inception of the idea, it wound up taking like six months to get the, to get the actual footage shot for it. Um, just trying to, you know, shoot around COVID restrictions and mm-hmm. make sure, you know, none of us were going to die. But it it wound up, it wound up being good. It wound up being good. It was a really, it was a really fun shoot. Um, We were, we were all wondering, it was, it was four of us. It was me, the actor, uh, her husband, and then uh, another good friend of mine who was on as a production assistant, wandering around the streets in the middle of the night. Um, At one point we had to put up a bunch of posters because there was this, there was this long, blank construction wall in one of the shots I wanted to get. And just like, we're going to put up a ton of posters on this. So it looks cool. Uh, so, so we're, we're in the middle of the night putting up all these posters, um, hoping that like, you know, the, the cops don't come and be like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, Cause they were all vaguely inflammatory posters. You'll see it in the film. <laughs> um, it's the it was it's it's a it's a classic uh, IWW poster uh, the the black cat general strike poster that's a really mm. striking design, um, and I just I felt very strongly that I wanted just a sh- just just a shit ton of these uh, all across the wall in this one shot, uh, and I think <clears throat> I think it looks really cool. It's going to be fun in the final film to to, to see in that. Plan. So, but yeah, so that was one of the reasons that I, I wanted to have like an extra production assistant and everything. Like I couldn't just go out like me and, and the actor, you know, cause I want just a, someone to watch her back, you know, and B someone to help us like get these posters up quick and take them down quick. <laughs> um, but, uh, Oh, was, uh, uh it's funny though. There's, there's, def- there are definitely a few people who walked by as we were putting it up and were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, out, out of curiosity, like, what, what time did you film this at? Because, like, like you said, it's in downtown Atlanta, and it's just, it, it just looks like, like vacant. Like, there's like no one around in this huge city. Um. Yeah. It. We got down there. 
around nine o'clock and then we kind of started shooting in we wound up wrapping around two in the morning mm. um and so we kind of we like there were still people out and about when we started shooting so we started shooting in you know more desolate like places that were already kind of desolate and then as crowds dwindled we would move into the generally more crowded areas of the city um and and you know if people would pass by we we would like wait you know there were shots where like we would just we would hold for like 10 minutes waiting for cars to disappear um because yeah i just i wanted i wanted the city to feel as empty as possible um as part of just like the, the whole mood of the shoot um i wanted it, I, the, I wanted it to feel very lonely um yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it looks really, it looks really good. I'm, I'm looking forward to to getting that finish and sharing it with the world. I don't know when that will be, um, just because the effects work is moving kind of slow. Because only recently have I been able to have like post vaccine have I been able to have more people like come help me with mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, my, like I said, I, I juggle like half a dozen projects at any given time. So like I just shot a tutorial video for my YouTube channel. Um, and which that wound up being needlessly complicated because the tutorial video came out of, uh, you know, like on YouTube, they encourage you like, oh, you should have like a call to action, you know, um, you know, you should, you should make sure everyone knows they need to like comment and subscribe. And I'm like, well, how do I do that in a way that I don't absolutely hate? (laughs) Um, and then it, and then it became, if you, if you, if you go watch Ultraman sort of versus Godzilla, it's the first film I attached it to, but it's, it's this like TV that's playing static and then it cuts on to my character Zordak, you know, commanding the audience to, you know, you feel strangely compelled to like comment and subscribe. Um, and then from that, I'm like, well, if I'm going to have him playing on, the, I have this little vintage black and white TV that I love putting in my films. And so like, if I'm going to have him playing on that, I want him like playing his hands towards the camera. Um, Cause he's like hypnotizing the audience. But if I'm going to do that, I don't want to just use gloves. I want to have like claws, you know, like really creepy claws. So I need to, I need to make some claws. Well, you know, that would actually be really easy to like shoot the build for that. Cause that's a really easy build. I could do a tutorial with that. Uh, <laughs> And so then it evolved into this this whole tutorial build. And then just because of how I am working, I go through these long periods where I just I have a hard time getting off the couch. Um, I, I, I do not I do not pretend to not be depressed. I am I'm a very depressed person. <laughs> uh, and but then I'll go through these periods like this last week leading up to Sword of versus Godzilla. You know, I hadn't shot the tutorial, which means I didn't have the claws, which means I hadn't shot the call to action yet. And I was just, I was almost going to just not bother. And then I was talking to a friend of mine and just like, wow, this sounds really, this sounds bad. No, I should do it. And so in the last week, I shot the entire tutorial. Um, and then the day before Ultraman Sword of versus Godzilla launched, I had my friend come over to be a production assistant to shoot me in front of a black screen to be the element that shows up on the TV. And then I had to get that into the computer, color grade it, and then set up a whole new art-directed shot with the TV. And this is like 2 o'clock the night before the launch. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> really, um, really running down the, the clock there, huh? 
Yeah, no, and so so I'm shooting this, and then I have to, and then I have to get that footage shot. Once it's shot, I have to get that into the computer and then color grade it, and then I have to dub it over because I didn't have because you know when I was wearing the mask for the shot, I'm like really muffled, so I have to have a new track dubbed over. So I have to dub that over and then like edit it down into what it needs to be, and then attach that to Ultraman Sword versus Godzilla, and then. Get that uploaded. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> That's my process. Like it, it winds up being like you know, I wind up you know having like a week or two where I'm just like I can't do anything. You know, I can barely feed myself, and then like I have a week where it's just like I have to do everything <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, and like you know, just I just barely sleep. You know, like just just going just crazy. Um, so that's the xenofauna process. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here her first, folks. <laughs> A peek behind the curtain. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now I have I have all that footage for the tutorial, and I have a couple of other like framing shots that I need to do for that. Um, to kind of bring it all together, and it'll probably be a minute before I get it all edited together because I have a commission that's long overdue that I have to finish. Um, sorry if you're listening to this client. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a really fun commission, so I'm really excited to work on it. Um, but it'll be it'll be fun. Like I, I'm, I'm not planning on doing like my, my YouTube channel is not meant to be a tutorial channel. Um, because like shooting these builds, especially when I'm doing it by myself, is like really irritating. I think the next time I do a tutorial, I'm definitely going to have to get someone on board to be a production assistant, um, just so I have someone to to keep me sane through all of this. Because um, this was like this like originally I was going to do a tutorial with this commission, and I was writing a whole script around it. And that's part of the reason it's taken so long. But I was gonna like people. When I did, I did a, um, a Godzilla puppet a few months back, and then I also did um, a, an original monster, the Molmoth puppet. And people are like, "Oh, can you can you do a tutorial on how you build your puppets?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's a good idea." And then when I had this commission, I'm like, I, "I did the same thing. Like, can can I like double? Can I like double task? You know, can I do the tutorial with this commission and not have to do a separate tutorial later on?" But then the commission was such a complicated build in terms of like the design that we settled on and some of the features of the puppet that I ultimately, after like writing like the seven page script for what the puppet build would be I'm like, this is too complicated. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> um, so at some point down the line, I'm going to do a, a much simpler puppet and make that a tutorial um, but mm, I, I don't want to give people the impression that I'm a tutorial channel, even though I want to do, I want to spread the knowledge to people, you know, um, and I feel very strongly about like trying to democratize tokusatsu as it were. So I really want to help people learn how to do these things and empower people to make their own monster stuff. I don't want to like hoard my secrets, you know, <laughs> um, but making tutorials is really irritating, so they are going to be few and far between. Um, Patience is because, key. Because I mean, ult- yeah, because ultimately, like as much as I do want to spread spread the love, spread the knowledge, 
what's ultimately most important to me is is my own expression as an artist and tutorials though i am making them overly complicated so i can express myself as an artist um like when i was telling my dad about the, the tutorial process well, why don't you just like sh set up the camera and and just like film a shot and then like talk over it and i'm just like no that's not fun that's not interesting <laughs> Um, so, like, the tutorial, like, has to be, like, its own, like, film, capital F, you know, <laughs> um, with, with, like, like, there's, honest to God, there are special effects sequences I'm going to be shooting for it, because <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't do anything simply, uh, but, um, but, I mean, I, I, I think it'll be worth it in the end, I think it'll be really good, um. But again, ultimately, I you know I I kind of with like Xenofauna, I I kind of want to be somewhere between like Tsuburaya Productions and um, I don't know if you're familiar with Brian David Gilbert. It rings a bell. He did. He he has his own independent YouTube channel now, but um, that that's the main thing he works on. But he worked with Polygon for a while doing the Unraveled videos. Mm. Um, and he's just, he's just this really weird character of a, of a YouTuber. Um, cause he's, he's popular enough now. He's just like, he, he, he does comedy, but it's like really like surreal comedy. But then also he, he's not afraid to do like even weirder stuff. Um, I, I was kind of a little traumatized one day cause like, Oh look, Brian David Gilbert has a new video. I bet it'll be really funny cause I love his comedy. And it was like a psychological horror film. <laughs> oh no! But it still fit in perfectly with his with his library of work. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to explain, you know. Um, and I just I love that versatility, and so that's kind of what I want Xenofauna to be. Like I want to just be able to release whatever I want. Um, and like the only connecting, like the the reason I called it Xenofauna is, like, the main thing is there has to be creatures, you know? Because um, when, I, when I was doing lobster dance with, you know, that part of my life, it was, like, doing doing monsters and um, uh, doing, like, monsters and miniatures was, like, just, like, one aspect of it. Like, the last thing that I did with lobster dance before, um, before it kind of dissolved was it was a drama, uh, and it, it never got finished. It wasn't very good because as much as I love like drama films, like, like one of my favorite filmmakers is Wong Kar Wai and all he does are like these melancholy drama films. Um, you know, as much as I love that, it's not me. <laughs> and so what it was like, okay, when it, you know, when it came time to like strike out on my own and do this new company, as it were, I'm like, I'm only gonna do monster films now. Like it can, like the genre can be anything. Like maybe it is a drama, maybe it's a comedy, maybe it's whatever. Um, you know, or in the case of Big Mood, maybe it's a painting in the form of a kaiju film. You know, um, uh, but the 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 like the overarching factor is like there has to be creatures. Even if I don't do giant monsters and miniatures, like it's gonna have creatures in it. Um, and it's going to be all handmade, you know, like very striking out in a much more specific niche than I was in before. Um, yeah. 
which I, I, I think ultimately will, will resonate. I'm, I'm excited to, to, to build it out and show people more of the weird things I have going on in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think people will enjoy it nonetheless. Yeah, no, I, I, I hope so. Um, I know I do. Good, good. <laughs> I'll, I'll force Brian here to watch everything else you've made so far that's up on your YouTube channel. I'm down for it. All right, good. Well, it won't take very long. I spend I spend a lot of time watching YouTube, so it's not going to be a problem for me. Yeah, let's see here. Um, there are currently six videos on my YouTube. Only one of them is over a minute long. <laughs> All right, I was gonna say. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, literally, literally, everything else is under a minute, and one of those videos is just a trailer for Sword of versus Godzilla that is twenty seconds long. There you go. <laughs> well, let's get a but watch party going. Just... Do what? Let's get a watch party going. Yeah. <laughs> um, but every, everything else are just our little little test videos, and um, I got I got a couple of 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 test videos for the puppets that I built that I think turned out really well. I love those videos a lot. I I feel really dorky watching my own stuff, but I do it a lot because <laughs> um, I'm really happy, especially with the Godzilla puppet that I built. Um, I'm really happy with how that turned out. Um, and uh, if if everything works out, I, I will have another little surprise coming around later this year using Ooh. the Godzilla puppet. Um, but we'll see. I don't. I I never want to promise anything, just knowing how my process goes. You know what I mean? Like, as as I've already described to you, it's it's pretty chaotic. <laughs> um, but it's it's a it's a thing that I've had in mind for quite a while. And now that I basically ever since I started trying to build my own Godzilla puppet a couple of years ago, like now that I finally finished, I'm like, oh, I can finally do that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the puppet um, looks phenomenal too. Thank you. Yeah, like it's it's that was a really fun build because you know was, everyone's always like, oh, what version are you making? I'm like, I'm literally just improvising this. Like, I have a bunch of pictures that I'm looking at, but it's like, you know, I'm not looking at one suit. I'm looking at like like the 2002 suit, the 84 suit, the 68 suit, you know. And so what you wind up with is this like, um, what you wind up with is this kind of. Uh, 1960s proportioned Godzilla, but it, like it has ears and it has like the the 2002 textures to it. Like I gave him like the really spiky shoulders, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's if you're if you're a creative person, um, I, I and and you're a Godzilla fan, like I highly recommend if you know design your own Godzilla. It's it's so satisfying. Like and I know most people do. Like you know like every artist in the fandom that I know has designed their own Godzilla, but especially if you like sculpt or anything like make a Godzilla, it's so satisfying. <laughs> um, and, and especially like doing, doing it as a hand puppet that I can bring to life, you know, it's just, ah, uh, it's, it's great. I, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not going to do any more fan films like sort of versus Godzilla. Like it, as far as I'm concerned, my fan film days are behind me and I'm hundred percent original from here on out with the caveat that I have a Godzilla puppet and it's really fun. Like, like to me, it's like, it's okay. As long as it's under a minute long and it's just like a little vignette, it doesn't count. 
Um, I mean, you went the extra mile to put the tube in his mouth to breathe the atomic breath, so, you know, you might as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, totally. Um, and it's just, and it just, yeah, well, and it's, it's also really fun, too, because I, I painted all of his spines with a blacklight paint. Oh, that's so right. Actually, yeah, so you can actually, with a blacklight, you can do the spines lighting up in camera. Um which is just it, it was deeply satisfying. Uh, like I was when I when I came when I like, I had the idea in the middle of the build because I just had all these blacklight paints that I was borrowing from the, from the, my mentor um, Shane Shane Morton of the Silver Screen Effects Lab, um, possibly most well known for the Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I had, I had all these blacklight paints in my in my workshop that I was borrowing. I'm like, oh my god, what if I paint the spines of blacklight paints? Um, and it was it wound up looking so cool. Like I shot this little video to send around to my friends, but I was gonna keep it secret until the end of the build. But then I'm like, no, I'm posting this video. This is too cool. <laughs> <laughs> like I just I couldn't wait. Like you know, yeah, the world needs to see this. This is too fucking dope. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, really, really happy with how that turned yeah. out. <laughs> so is there any, anything else you want, you want to, you want to cover before we go to the next segment, quote unquote? I, I don't know what else there is to cover. Uh, uh, I don't know if there's any, anything else that you'd like to ask that I, that I missed or, uh, um, I mean, I, I, I only had a very very sparse list of topics and we kind of covered them all basically unless unless oh, yeah. you want to talk about like how because i i actually don't know how how quote unquote involved you are with um with cosmic monster oh he's he's a friend of mine um and and i remember it was it was years ago when we were still with lobster dance he sent he sent us a message um saying hey if you ever need music for monster films let me know i'm like okay and i didn't i didn't actually respond at the time and i just forgot about it for a couple months uh and then there was a film we were working on at the time that i didn't turn out very well so it's not online anymore sorry um but we needed music for a segment for it and our original composer he'd done some really great songs for the movie but it, when it came time to do like the score for this one scene, he was just like, "I gotta tap out. Like, I just I don't feel like I'm bringing my A game to this." And I'm like, that's cool. I respect that. And then like, oh god, who do we get? And I'm like, oh my god, there was this other dude who messaged us like three months ago. <laughs> uh, and so from there, we we became really good friends. And I, I send him a bunch of stuff for feedback and things. And so when it came time to do Sword of versus Godzilla last year i was just like hey uh could i talk you into doing this and i'll just give you free reign to do whatever nerdy shit you want um and so i gave him free reign to do the sound design for sword of versus godzilla and he did all these weird little fun touches um the the only guideline that i gave him was no ifakube um, I didn't want, I wanted it all to be anything but Akira Ifukubi, mm-hmm. just partially out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I get I get really frustrated by people who insist that you have to have the Ifukube Godzilla film in a movie. I'm like, some of my favorite Godzilla movies don't touch it. Like, <laughs> you know, you don't like I. All due respect, it's one of the greatest pieces of music in film history. But like, you don't need it, need it. Uh, and sometimes when films force it in, like I find it, it doesn't fit. You know, like I find whenever it's been forced into like Michiro Oshima's score. I was about to say like that the one scene in Megaguirus, it just sounds so out of place compared to the rest of the score. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's fine. Like, it doesn't break the movie. And it's like, yeah, it's good. It's good music. It's, you know, Godzilla theme. Cool. But like, ultimately, I think the movie would have been stronger if she was just allowed to do her own thing, especially Mm -hmm. because she has one of the best Godzilla themes, you know? Yep. Um, And so, yeah, so I told, I told, I told Chris, you know, no Ifukube. And he's like, okay, got it. And then he wound up doing Ifukube for the cease and desist scene, and like I wasn't expecting it. Like so, when when he sent me the first cut of the, uh, when he sent me the first cut of the sound mix, and that, you know, dun dun dun, dun I just died. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I could not I, imagine that scene without that march. Honestly, I, I feel like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I. And then and then it went to Richiro Manabe's Godzilla theme, which is you know the underdog of Godzilla themes. It's the drunken Godzilla theme, and I love it so much. And I just again again I died all over again. I, it was so fucking funny. Um, but then he did all sorts of other weird stuff, like the record scratch that that bookends the film. Well, because it opens up, it opens up with a few bars from the Spielbaum theme, which, like, again, I didn't tell him to do anything, and he kept doing tracks, and I'm like, oh my god, this is one of my favorite tracks, and he just did it. Um, so he, like, it opens with like the Spielbaum theme over the Xenophone logo. I'm like, yes, thank you. Uh, but then the record scratch that comes right after that, like, I thought, oh, that's really funny. That's a great record scratch. Da da da. And he's like. That's the Mega Neuron from Rodam. What? <laughs> yes. If you oh, go, back go back and, and rewatch listen, it. Someone, someone, someone in the YouTube comments actually picked up on that. Really? Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah, no, that's actually the Mega Neuron. I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, that's why I hired you. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he, he did the mix as well for... Um, the first short film we released under Xenofauna, which was just a little, it was a short little aesthetic test. Um, there was a film back before COVID, there was a film called Impatience that I was working on that I'd still love to make at some point, but it was just a happier film than I felt like making after, you know, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so if you go and you watch that first video, like that aesthetic was kind of what Impatience was going to be. And, we, it was it was me and and the actress and the the creature actor. Uh, we were all getting together to like test out lenses and just kind of get a feel for working together. Um, and we made this little like forty five second short. And uh, Chris did a really fun sound design for it. And I don't I don't remember all the weird shit he did for it. Uh, but he I just remember him like oh yeah and then in this I did this little thing. I'm like that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know and just like. He's just he gets really nerdy about sound design in a way that I really appreciate because I like I love doing like really weird nerdy things that are like in jokes for me that no one else will know. Um, like Lobster Dance Productions, the production is literally because I wanted it to rhythmically sound like Tsuburaya Productions. 
you know, it's like no one is ever gonna know that it's, <laughs> you know, um, but it's, it's yeah, it's like Officer Dance Production, Super Eye Production. So I just I wanted it to have the same rhythm. Mm-hmm. So so he he's kind of on the same wavelength when it comes to sound design. Is like I know that no one else will understand what I have done here, but it makes me really happy that I did it. And I'm like, yes, I want you working on all of this. <laughs> And I, th- I mean, it's definitely a good a good fit that way. I mean, I, I've I've listened to some of his music, and I'm not like surf rock isn't really my thing, but I definitely appreciate mm-hmm. it. And it's it's yeah. it's some great stuff for sure. Yeah, and, no, he does he does some great stuff too. Like the the Mulma puppet, because because it was the original monster. I asked, like, do you have anything? Um, like can can I can I bum some music off of you basically? <laughs> and so he he designed the roar for the Mulmuth and he had this really fun atmospheric track he'd done before that he put onto it. Um, and just he's 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 super talented. Like I highly recommend people check him out. Um, and I, I really look forward to, to continuing to work with him in the future. I'm, I'm yeah, he's 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 great. <laughs> yeah, and I mean I. I... I talked about this with my friend who really is into surf music. Like he has a whole, I don't know if he's still doing it, but he has, he has a radio show that's just all surf music. And we, we kind of oh, stumbled up when, when I, I think when you had, uh, when he had shared the um, cover he did of the Ultra Q theme that you did the uh, cover art for. Um, oh yeah, my Garamon. Yeah, I sent it to him and we, we kind of discovered this kind of this weird niche genre of just kaiju themed surf music like there's at least three kaiju surf artists there's cosmic monster there's dai kaiju and there's king Ghidorah. i don't know what what's going on here but i i don't know king Ghidorah, but i do listen to dai kaiju from time to time and that's really that's really rad shit <laughs> yeah so I, I i don't know if there's there's some sort of hidden subgenre of surf music that's just about kaiju but i there's there's something there. Well, I'm sure I mean, of it. Th- I mean, there's a lot of crossover already because like the the whole score for Godzilla versus the Sea Monster, you know, yeah, like, the, the whole like like the '60s kaiju boom, like it, it like it goes hand in hand. I feel like with the surf rock boom, you know, that movie so especially I, I, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely, and then and like a lot of Ultra Q, like how jazzy the Ultra Q theme already is. Like, I feel like that that era of jazz kind of has a, a lot in like spiritually in common, you know, like I'm no musician. So there might be musicians in the audience, like cringing at me saying this but to me. I feel, I feel a resonance, you know, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I think that about wraps for the, the interview portion of this episode. Uh, so we'll oh, move yeah. on to our, uh, next and final segment. Um, Hey Brian, what what new cool kaiju thing have you been checking out right now? Hmm. Well, I just got uh, the uh, Arrow camera sets in the mail, so gonna be going through those. Very nice. Um, gonna finally watch Ultra Q because I got a bunch of time. Yeah, uh, Jared, just you know, I've been I lent Brian my copy of the Mill Creek Ultra Q set. Um, nice. Probably when after that came out, which was what two years ago now. No. Uh, yeah, end of end of 2019. End of 2019. No way. Yeah, no way. No, October of 2019. Because I I went through I went through Ultra Q very quickly because it's a much shorter series than any of the other Ultra series, and I lent it to you, and I've been bugging you to watch it. 
Oh God! And you can every 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 week, every week you say, "I'm gonna watch Ultra Q." I'm gonna watch Ultra Q. No, not every week. So are, are, are you just starting it now? He hasn't started. I had. I haven't started it. <laughs> he hasn't started it. But, but uh. every month, every month, I'm like, "All right, I've got time," and then it it gets away from me. But but I actually do have time now. I promise. Listen, Jared. Jared's an even bigger Ultraman guy than I am. So like. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I promise. You're not gonna. You're not gonna regret it. Like there's, there's a, not every episode is flawless, but Ultra Q, Ultra Q, fucking slaps. Um, yeah, I mean that. That's like it's. This is what Dave told me, so I'm I'm psyched to watch it. It's just like with the time thing and Dave being not understanding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only not understanding yeah, no, when really it comes incredible. to you. Oh well. And and the uh, the the um the Blu-ray is really beautiful. Oh my god, yeah, it's it's it is gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. But I will say my other my other favorite way to watch Ultra Q is that little black and white TV that I have. Uh like it's it's really satisfying to watch Ultra Q episodes. Didn't you have that playing in that little aesthetic short on the TV? Yes. Yeah, no, it's literally I have Ultra Q, uh it's Tokyo Ice Age uh playing on screen. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess Brian will be watching Ultra Q again, oh. maybe. I'll, re- I'll report back uh, on the next episode. I'll tell you what I thought. Yeah, if you watch it. No, I will. I will. <laughs> I'm holding you to that. I'm if, holding you to that. Okay, if I don't, uh, uh, we'll figure something out. <laughs> we'll figure something out. <laughs> we'll figure something out. <laughs> All right. Um, now, Jared, I might be wrong about this, but I think you and I were both watching the same thing because I saw you just finished Ultraman Leo. I just started Ultraman Leo. Yeah, I, I did just finish Ultraman Leo, um, and yeah, I'm 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 happy to have finally seen it. I am sad that I have no more 1970s live action Ultraman to watch with fresh eyes. Because <laughs> um, Sh- Showa era Tokusatsu is really my happy place. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a wild show. It's uh. It it is it is a surprisingly nihilistic show. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I mean again I've watched just the first disc so far, but my God, is Dan Moriboshi kind of an asshole in this show as opposed to Ultra Seven? Well, you know, like like uh, my reasoning, like it 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 I really works for me because to me the whole show is about trauma, you mm-hmm. know, especially that first, especially like the first quarter and the last quarter of the show. You know, it's it's a it's a, like every character is like deeply traumatized in some way. Like you have Dan, not Dan. You have Gin, whose home planet was destroyed. You know, you have, um, and now his new home planet is under attack. You have Dan, who can no longer transform into Seven and is like violently injured, and he has to like like there's like more fearsome aliens than ever before attacking the earth. And he has to train this complete greenhorn, you know, um, Gin's girlfriend, like the Island that she grew up on was like trashed in the first episode of the film. You know, there's the, the main, the main kid character, kid characters of the, uh, of the whole thing are orphans, you know, like it's, it's, it's messed up. Yeah, that it's was really that was good. really like, kind of. I was a little taken aback, especially considering like the last Ultra show I watched was Tara, which is a little more kid friendly. But to, I think it was the, yeah. it's like it's just the second episode where you know 
their his their dad is just bisected by an alien. I'm like, <laughs> that's like really violent. I don't think we've ever seen like a human character get you know no, that kind yeah. of punishment I mean, before. It, yeah, like like I think Ultraman Ace had a really upsetting scene with the comic artist, like where like you know he like the mon like he's like connected to the monster, and so when the monster's arm gets blown off, like he feels it in his arm, but like he don't actually see his arm get ripped off. Yeah. You know? And like he catches fire, and it's a really upsetting scene, but it's not like a very vivid, very graphic bisection of a man on screen, you know. And you know, and it also it also was really shocking too because at the beginning of the scene, they're singing a song that had appeared in Ultraman Taro like just two months earlier yeah. or something like that, you know. And it feels it feels kind of pointed that they're singing this song from Taro, and maybe it was unintentional because they just had the rights to the song, and or, and or it was a popular song at the time. I don't know, because um, I know it was it was a pop song that they they you know they brought into the show, but it really felt pointed that they're singing this like poppy song from the happy kid friendly Ultraman from a really goofy episode, no less. <laughs> And then the song is interrupted by one of the most graphic things I've ever seen in an Ultraman show. <laughs> you know. I'd like to point out that during uh, that they, entire discussion, Brian had this just look of absolute horror on his face. <laughs> yeah, wait till you see. I, cause I knew, I, I was already aware that it happened, and it still caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, not, not the same case here. Like, all this Ultraman stuff, I've been going in completely blind. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is it is deeply unsettling. <laughs> Absolutely, um, and I I, I don't want to get too into this because we did an episode on this last time. Um, I don't know how far into it you are, but how have you been enjoying Singular Point? I know you've you, 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 you I saw a post you made like I forgot what it was to legitimately love a new Godzilla thing. Oh, I watched it all in two days. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I devoured it. I mean, so I, I have kind of mixed feelings just in that I'm really picky when it comes to animation, just coming from an art background. Um, you know, I'm not like, like what, what animation styles resonate with me, I get really picky about. And I thought Singular Point, like some shots are pretty, are beautiful, but then it has a lot of stuff that I just find kind of ugly or like just pedestrian. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way the monster. I don't like the 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 CG animation for the monsters. Um, you know, I thought like the red dust. I thought it felt kind of muddy versus like when you actually have like like hand hand animated dust clouds in like older anime. Right. You know, um, but from like a story perspective, like I mean, it made me go cross eyed. Like I just. You know, I don't understand half of what went on, but it was it was the most satisfying thing since I think GMK, honestly. Yeah, yeah, Still. I I think Brian and I both agreed on that last yeah. when we talked about it last time. Yeah, definitely also yeah, on the cross-eyed thing. Yeah, you know, and and you know, I still consider GMK my favorite modern quote-unquote Godzilla film, even though it's vintage now. Uh, yeah, twenty years old this year. <laughs> my God. Yeah, you know, so it, it, it's hardly modern anymore. <laughs> even though, uh, but like, I've been, I've been really um, the Godzilla projects since you know 2014. I've been really hit or miss on. Um, 
I, th- I like 2014 well enough. I thought it was, I thought it was really good for what it was. Um, but then like, I absolutely, I hated King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong was, I didn't hate it. I can talk about it without getting actively angry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was just kind of there. Like it did, it did the thing where like, I'm watching it and I'm like, this reminds me of other movies that I think I'd rather be watching. <laughs> yeah, no, I, when, yeah. when, when Brian and I uh, covered it for the, for the podcast, I basically started it off with, I watched it twice. I have no desire to ever watch it again. Yep. Yeah, you know, it was, it was fine. You know, like I didn't, it, it didn't offend me on the same level as King of the Monsters did. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Shin Godzilla, I think, is a really fun creature feature, but its politics are not great. <laughs> so, well, um, so um, yeah, it was, it was really, it was, it was really great to watch Singular Point and just be like really enthralled by the story, even if I didn't quite understand what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I, I, I feel you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who, aside from people who actually worked on the damn thing, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who 100% understood everything that was going on in that show. I'm sure someone out yeah, there on sure. YouTube is making a whole, like, story, like, breakdown of Godzilla's it. Godzilla's singular somewhere. point explained. It's gonna be, like, three hours yeah. long. Yeah, absolutely. But, um... I mean, I think that I think that about does it for for the episode. Unless either of you have anything more to add to anything in general, no. Mm, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. All right. Well, I, I think that'll do it for today. Then um, this has been Talking Toku. Boston's only podcast about Godzilla, Gamera, Ultraman, and all their kaiju friends. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Talking Toku. Um, Jared, where can they find you at? Uh, I'm on most major social medias as Xenofauna, so that's X-E-N-O-F-A-U-N-A. Uh, I'm most active on my Instagram, where I post lots of behind-the-scenes photos and, and little video clips of what I'm working on at the time. Um, all my finished products are on YouTube, and occasionally I shit post on Twitter. <laughs> now that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh that'll I, 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 there's a facebook page you can like too but the facebook al- algorithm sucks so much that i hardly ever use it <laughs> fair enough well i think that'll do it uh i am your host david scrivani i'm your co-host brian kershaw I, I, i'm jared faust <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time bye